Hi, everybody. I'm Lynn Petrack, Senior Editor at Progressive Grocer, and welcome to Top Women in Grocery, a podcast focused on the trends, topics, and interests that move women forward in the grocery industry. We spotlight extraordinary women in our industry who've had successful careers and interesting lives and who are also making a positive impact on their workplaces and their communities. Today, we are talking to an extraordinary woman, Susan Gibbons, uh, Senior Manager of Associate Relations for the Central Region at Harris Teeter. Susan's background caught our eye during our review of the Top Women in Grocery uh, Awards last year and our Continuing Education Awards as she shared her journey to becoming the best HR partner she could be and also support the overall industry uh, by shining a light on the path to success in our industry with a lot of diversity as well. So welcome, Susan. Thank you for having me today, Lynn. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And now a little bit more background on you so our audience gets to know you a little bit. Um, Susan joined uh, Harris Teeter in October 2003 in the Management Development Program. She's currently, as I said, the Senior Manager of Associate Relations for Harris Teeter Central Region after serving as the Central Region's Manager of Associate Relations and as Associate Relations Specialist. She served in every department <laughs> within a retail operation throughout her career, which began at Waldbaum's. Did I pronounce that right? Mm-hmm. Well, Bob's Supermarkets in 1987 as a cashier in the New York City area. She spent eight years there at that company in various positions, including as co-manager. Later, she joined BJ's Wholesale Club and held roles as operations manager, member services manager, merchandising manager, and finally as a general manager in New York and North Carolina. Education is really important to Susan, and we're going to be talking about that a little bit today, who earned associate's degrees in both biology and marketing, a bachelor's degree in organizational development. She's also PHR certified from 2006 to 2018. Uh, She has completed SPHR in November 2021, and she's an active member of the Society of Human Resources. She's currently an MBA candidate as well, very busy with a concentration on human resources at the University of North Carolina, Wilmington, and expects to graduate, I think, next summer, right? Mm-hmm. August 2024. There you go. She served on uh, committees with the Network Executive Women Mid-Atlantic, now next up, and she currently serves on the Women's Empowerment Group as a founding member. She spends time fundraising and does community volunteer work at the Food Bank of Central and Eastern North Carolina and is dedicated to supporting education on domestic violence. And she and her family currently reside in Wake Forest in beautiful North Carolina. So that's just a little bit or a lot about you. So thanks again for joining <laughs> you us today. You made it sound so good and also so easy. <laughs> well, it's fantastic. And I love when people start their careers and so many people in this industry have as a cashier or they start really young and it gives gives you such a depth and a breadth, breadth of, uh, of experience for you to help other people on their path. So we love hearing Absolutely. that. So, you know, starting off here as a founding member of the Women's Empowerment Group, how did you come to become involved in that group since this is a Top Women in Grocery podcast? And what's the purpose of that group, Susan? So at Harris Teeter, we have multiple associate resource groups across the company. Uh, WEG, as we call it, the Women's Empowerment Group is one of them. Uh, we also have Young Professionals, Pride Plus, uh, Pride Plus uh, and Thrive. So we have you know, a variety of uh, advancing diverse groups throughout the company. Um, but I'd like to obviously speak to the Women's Empowerment Group. Uh, this group uh, in particular are for women and those that identify as women and allies. And this resource group is a resource for us to come together as a voice for our associates to support our purpose of enriching lives. 
So what one of the things that are unique to the women's empowerment group is we work off of what we call a dance floor. And our dance floor consists of edge. Um, it's engaging, develop, grow, and empower. So everything that we do, whether it's a strategic initiative that we embark on or a project that we're working on or a, maybe a group book that we're reading together and sharing, uh, we bring it back to does it engage, does it develop, does it grow, and does it empower our associates at large? So our women's empowerment group really has had some fantastic successes over this past year. And if it's okay to share one of the examples of okay. those successes. Love to hear so it. One of the things that we did was we born, built, and launched uh, through the initiatives of the strategic resources of WAG, uh, something that we call Harris Teeter University. And HTU um, is uh, a compromised of videos and short bursts and leadership um, empowerment videos that leaders across our organization have at their fingertips um, in somewhat of an asynchronous learning environment. And had we not brought together all the individuals in the women's empowerment group from the different cross functional areas of our company, that's something that would may never have happened. Wow. Wow. And I bet people are taking advantage of that, I would imagine. Oh, absolutely. Um, we utilize it through, you know, our learning environment. Mm -hmm. And it just shows you that you, you know, can have this group of, you know, individuals come together and you mm -hmm. can actually impact the company at large. I love that. I love the name of it too. <laughs> that's great. I love that. And so would you get participation there kind of across the board, different positions, different ages? How would you kind of describe participation? That's we so do. Um, it's comprised as, you know, all of our resource groups are uh, leaders mm -hmm. across the company um, yeah. from out in the field, at, you know, in the stores and at the corporate office, distribution, mm -hmm. logistics, all across leaders mm -hmm. of, you know, each area. That is exciting. And so, HR, I, I'm going to skip ahead to one little question here. It's, it's such a crucial function in uh, propelling diversity in this industry. And so kind of how do you see that? And this is an, you know, an out kind of growth of that philosophy. But you know, how do you see this? Um, is HR is such a crucial function in, in this and other kind of applications throughout your company? So that's a great question. So, it, you know, it's not just diversity. Right. We, we continue to, to grow and learn as we add on to the different layers of diversity. So, you know, most companies it's diversity and we've added on equity, inclusion, and now you see, you know, belonging coming in. Uh, as far as HR, uh, recruiting and retaining associates is where, you know, the key role that HR plays. Um, but I think it goes a little bit further than that because it's our leadership's commitment to retaining the associates. So, you know, HR or the recruiting department, you know, or, or the, the area that handles that, they can hire the right people, but it's up to everyone and it's each individual in the organization, no matter what your role is, to help retain those individuals so that you can have the cultural impact so that everyone can maintain and grow. I think that HR to some degree um, will provide like the roadmap 
of, you know, maybe like the, the planning of some programs or initiatives that you can do, such as maybe, let's say, mentoring and, you know, how, how to develop or how to, you know, bridge a mentoring program. Um, but that's going to continually change because generationally, we've got, I think, I, I read something the other day, I think it's up to six generations in the workplace now. It used to be five and my eyes would go wide at, wide at five. Yeah. But yeah. we're about to embark on six generations in the workplace. So their needs are continually going to change. So our needs to maintain diversity are going to continually change as well. Um, I think that the foundation for HR would be, you know, again, to help attract that right associate, but then it's the attention to everything else that falls in between. So it's not just the recruiting, it's the onboarding, it's the training, it's the compensation, it's benefits, it's rewards, it's how, how you know, how does, how do promotions happen? Where does advancement come from? You know, and the, the performance management inside that really impact the culture of any organization. Well, and especially how competitive this workplace environment is right now and how rapidly it's changing. Um, the industry has done a fantastic job of retention, as we've seen through like your career. I mean, whoever mentored you did a great job. They really retain you really well. But do you think it might get a little harder with how competitive things are? Or do you think the industry can still continue this fantastic track record of advancement and retention? Well, I think we're going to continue it. Um, and, and here's why. So one of the greatest things I love about the grocery business is there's something for everyone. So you can come in at any level of, you know, that season in life that you are, uh, whether it's a first job at any, you know, at, at an early age, or it's, you know, embarking on a reentry into the workforce. And we've got everything available. I mean, it's so unique from distribution, logistics, marketing, creativity, you know, sales, uh, running the floor, leading people, HR. So that's one of the things I love about our industry is, you know, the excitement and the ability to constantly change. And we won't talk about how taxed we were the past three years in really embracing on that. But it showed that, you know, we had the ability to stay strong during the toughest times. Years ago, um, you know, folks would say, well, why are you staying in the grocery business? You know, this was back when I was in operations. Like, why do you love it so much? And I used to say that, you know, you know, people are always going to desire food. I mean, it just, gonna be and you know where you work is you know and, and the environment that you have is what's going to flex possibly and change but there's that foundation and then we were able to show in the toughest times how we had that commitment to you know each community each customer each associate and never gave up so I don't see us giving up at all. I agree. It's that resilience and the in the passion for this industry that really, really drives it forward. And you know, you might have those seven generations, or maybe you have you probably have them now, right? I would imagine, you know, within the Harris Theater, you have, you know, most someone from their teens to their seventies. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And and more. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, you know, for your own pursuit of education, and I know you're focusing on HR as part of your uh, your MBA, how does that support, how do you support the industry that way? Or how do you, you know, how are you a dedicated professional in that way and helping um, shine a light kind of on the, on this great industry that we just talked about? So, so as this, you know, I, I have to look at this as, you know, 
how it supports the industry. It's not just HR. Um, I think back to the why. So I think back to the, you know, in embarking on this, um, there's, I'll be honest, <laughs> admitting some vulnerabilities. There's some days where it feels like I'm running towards a mountain and an avalanche is coming at me. Um, and I say, I put myself here. I did this <laughs> intentionally. So, you know, I, I look back to the why, but I think it goes back to some vivid memories that I have very, very early on. And, and I'll give a, a, a little bit of a, a plug for the magazine. So I have some vivid memories of taking Progressive Grocer from the manager's offices back when I was a part-time cashier not only just putting them in, you know, the break room, but reading them. And early on, I would have people question, like, mm -hmm. why are you reading that? You're just a cashier. Mm -hmm. And I said, but I work in this industry and I'm here. So why mm -hmm. wouldn't you want to make the most out of what you are doing? So mm -hmm. I, I think that's what brings me back to, you know, doing the MBA now was the same premise of why I was reading those magazines then. It's because I work in the grocery business, so I need to embrace the business side. So we see more and more, there are metrics, there's return on investment that you have to have that credibility to speak to when you're making some kind of investment. And that's what you know the MBA program is enabling to me to do right now. Perfect example is, uh, you know, I'm in an HR analytics class right now, and one of the weekly um, uh, 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 things that we do each week is questions from the boss. And you have to answer with a comfort level and research and do a, a presentation. And having this much experience now, these are real questions. So it's, you know, what is the impact on turnover, which we could probably do a whole series podcast on that alone. Um, you know, why should we make this investment? You know, what's going on in recruiting? What's going on in training? And be able to speak to that with the metrics. And people are asking for that and looking for that. And I think that's going to be huge in that particular field and in all of our fields, but in that particular field and going forward. Absolutely. We have so much technology and information, you know, and the data is there. It's just how mm -hmm. to interpret the data and really see it to become part of your vision and your strategy. And I love your thought of um, in your mindset about continuing education, because, I mean, that's the word we hear a lot, but it really is true. Continuing education moves you forward through your whole career and then helps all these other people as well. So I would imagine that you would really advise others kind of in different roles throughout the company to, to, to kind of pursue different continuing education, whether it's reading a magazine or enrolling in programs or because you certainly offer those to your employees, too. Absolutely. So, you know, keep yourself relevant and really embrace what you do. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of goes to our other question of um, advice. So you've been in this industry your whole career and you've worked across many departments. You've worked across probably pretty much every partner that you can, Susan, right? Um, so what are some of the highlights in the way the industry moves its associates and women forward in your opinion? And kind of what are you most impressed by there? So I, I, I think I'd like to start by what I saw change over the years and you know within uh, our industry um, obviously because that's where my experience lies and I, I feel that one of the things that I've seen is we're not competing for one seat anymore or one position anymore so you know the possibilities have opened up 
but through mentoring and through through lifting each other up and mostly advocacy. Um, I see a lot of information on, you know, w with mentoring programs or, you know, uh, uh, resource group programs is really starting to advocate for individuals, you know, at large. Um, and I'll tie back to what I said earlier about our industry and grocery industry having so many different multifacets within it. So you look at myself as example, and, and I'm happy to share it. I was able to change careers without changing companies or industry and utilize the things that you have available. So whether it's tuition reimbursement or some form of, whether it's formal or an informal mentoring program, or just reaching out and saying, you know what, this, this here's this one skill that it, it's not my strength, but this person I've always admired for having that. So, you know, let, let me reach out to them. And, and individuals will answer. You know, people are happy to share, grow, develop individuals within. So I, I would say, you know, advice-wise is don't be afraid and getting out of your own way is probably the hardest part because we like to talk ourselves out of reasons, well, I can't do that. They're not gonna respond to that email or they'll think, um, you know, why am I picking up the phone and calling them? But if I got a phone call, I'd be happy to share with any, you know, uh, associate that wanted to know, how can I do more? How can I be more? You put that the perfect way, how to get out of your own way, right? Because a lot of times we are. And I look at kind of, you're, you're going and pursuing this degree while you're doing all this other work in this crazy changing industry that we love. But it, it's, it's hard when people say, I don't have the time. But I mean, you found the time and I think you can find the time to do all this, right? I mean, is that, mm -hmm. you know, personally for you, is it about like finding time and you can, you can have all these things going at once? Oh, absolutely. And, and you have to see where it becomes relevant. You know, I could see it and talk myself out of it and say, okay, well, that's going to take away time from my spouse or my children. Mm -hmm. But then you could also look at it as it keeps me relevant. I've got a, mm -hmm. a, a junior in high school and I've got a son that's a junior in college and I'm able to talk to them about things that I might not be able to talk about. And, you know, it, 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 when you put it in perspective to make it a positive influence, you find the time. And it sounds like you find the time to volunteer too. So do, do you volunteer with others within the company? Do you kind of work at the food bank, you know, with your family? What's, what's kind of the extent of your, of your uh, community? A little, a little bit of both. Um, mm -hmm. I, I just went out uh, last Friday with my team to the food bank and we just had a team building event um, around some time at the food bank. Um, I've gone with my spouse, uh, with my children. Uh, I find, you know, that doing something like that and giving back to the community um, whether it's the food bank or, you know, um, some work that I've done with domestic violence, um, which is, you know, obviously not easy to talk about um, because, you know, so many people have their individual story. But, you know, I think one of the reasons I started doing it as a family, in addition to the workplace environment, was so that my kids would see, like, you, you just don't do and get you need to give back and you need to make some sacrifices for yourself of, yeah, I'd rather be doing this, that, or the other thing, but I'm going to spend this time to do this, to give back to the community, to, you know, make a difference. 
And it sounds like, you know, in the, within the Harris Theater organization, that's, that, that's an emphasis that they have and, and an encouraging thing that they do for all their team members, right? Absolutely. We, I mean, it's enriching lives is our purpose. Um, mm-hmm. You'll probably see, you know, more about that coming out, but it's one meal, one family, mm-hmm. one associate, and one community at a time. Well, that really resonates when it when it plays out at every level like that. And I think also on your resume, did it say that you are you mental for, mental health first aid certified as well, Susan? Yes, absolutely. So um, this this came from a fantastic program that we embarked on as a company this past year called Are You All Right? And uh, to some degree, it boils down to meeting people where they are. So one of the, the key features of um, the Are You All Right campaign was taking leadership through mental health uh, first aid certification. And the purpose was to reduce the stigma um, and provide resources available. So, and it's not just about making resources available, it's making them accessible as well. Um, no different than, you know, the, whether it's the EAP program mental health awareness or any intervention um, techniques or tactics that come with being mental health first aid certified, um, you have to recognize that this is something that the workforce needs. And we're seeing that more and more, you know, not only just coming out of the pandemic, we had it going in and, you know, it, it enabled companies to take a look back and see, well, how can I better support my workforce? But I'd, I'd like to stop on EAP for a minute, if if I could. And, um, you know, w- without and, and definitely not sounding like any kind of sales pitch, but um, the EAP program, a true value of them is only if your associates or employees know about it. Um, I did a little research, you know, preparing for the for the podcast, and there is a three to five percent utilization rate of E. I'm surprised it's that low. It is, and it, you know, it may vary by industry, but I was not able to come out across anything that was not less than ten percent. Now, here's the kicker, right? 90% of employers in the United States offer it and less than half of their employees know about it. So, you know, in my mind, and and those that know me have heard me say this before, it's the most underutilized, the most needed, and most of the time it's free and it's no cost to the employee. And that just boggles my mind. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so I look at it and, and we look at it as, you know, you know, you, you want to get to the root of the problem. So what keeps people from using it? And it goes back to that stigma of what we're trying to eliminate with mental health. So, I, you know, again, I did a little more research and EAPs came, they, they were developed in the 40s. And it was mainly for employers to handle alcohol abuse uh, in their workplace and the impact of it. Now you think back, okay, the 40s that came right after prohibition. So kind of makes a little sense of where it came from. But you look at it now, fast forward to 2023, and we have this true need. The employers are still investing in it and offering it. It's still low or no cost to the employees, but we still have such a low utilization rate. So, you know, I like to think about, you know, what you can do. Um, it it's all relies on the communication. So clear communication during onboarding, 
you know, like what we talked about with recruiting and, and retaining, but also providing regular updates, you know, because onboarding is not just a one and done, right? You continually need to remind of the benefits available, continuing to reduce that stigma, whether it's EAP use or, you know, mental health, involving management in it. And that's why this Are You All Right campaign has been one of the most fantastic things that we've done for our workforce at Lodge. And then you think about actionable communication. Look at what we have at our fingertips now. 1940s, you didn't have a QR code or a link that somebody can click on. So you would think that utilization would be higher, but it's not. But just you know, relying on your provider to provide that communication, you don't have to be the expert at it. But I, I just go back to that, um, me, myself, you know, embarking on the different seasons of life, whether it was, you know, you know, elderly parents or new kids or, you know, different phases that the kids go through in their teen years and, spouse <laughs> right. and finance. I mean, we all have it all, right? So right. why not utilize what's available to you? I, I, I encourage that in any aspect. Well, and I think that if you had said to, the, to people, even though maybe three or 4% or under 10% use it, I'd say 90%. If you ask them, would you take advantage of this? Do we, is this something you'd want? I think you'd get those big numbers. I think you'd get an overwhelming majority that say they would want it. So to your point, the, the, the communication is just absolutely crucial in that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think younger people, what we've found, you know, what I found in different industry events that we're talking, it's, for younger people, especially if you're looking at Gen Z and maybe some of the younger millennials, um, it's an expectation that you provide this kind of support and this type of mm-hmm. mental wellness and mental health support. I think that's something that, that you know, this upcoming generation in order to retain them, that's an expectation that, that, that they have. Right. And oh, absolutely. And, and we're seeing just, you know, and I say we, but we we're seeing research and information about that more and more Mm -hmm. as we look towards, you know, what can we do to both attract and then also retain employees? Any industry is, you know, dealing with that. And we're such a passionate industry for the the, the people that that have worked here for a long time and that have shaped the industry. So I think, I mean, maybe, you know, I'm biased here, but I think this is a great industry that does support its people and going forward, I think it does bode well for the future of retention because, you know, people in this industry care. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And are so passionate about what we do. I mean, you you, uh, listening to these podcasts or just, you know, reading the magazine and the stories, you know, that we hear about individuals, everyone is focused on that individual associate and the impact and the difference that they make. So -hmm. the success comes from, you know, what you're thinking of changing, think about seeing it from the associate's eyes and the answer will usually be the right one. That's right. That's right. Well, we'll have to leave it there, but what a great place to leave it. So um, thank you so much, Susan, for your insights. This was was fantastic. Thank you, Lynn. I appreciate the time and thank you for all you do to support the industry. Thank you again. For more information about the Top Women in Grocery podcast, please visit www.progressivegrocery.com slash podcasts. You can also subscribe to this series wherever you typically listen to podcasts, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. And if you have an idea for a Twig podcast, we really want to hear from you. So feel free to reach out to me, email me with some ideas at lptrack at ensembleiq.com. Thanks again, Susan, and uh, we'll see you all next time.